0: Today on The Breakdown, we are heads up in the $15,000 buy-in No Limit Hold'em World Poker Tour Tournament of Champions in 2016. And because we're heads up, that means there is a lot of money to win and a lot of money that's already been won. These players have already locked up almost a quarter of a million smackeroonies, but they're still playing for over $300,000 in cash and prizes. It's like the price is right up in here. And I will say this, uh, Grant has watched this hand. I have not. When Grant was watching this hand, I was sitting across the table doing whatever the hell I was doing, and he started remarking on like, this can't, I can't. They're not going, he did, he did. So get ready, because there's going to be some crazy stuff ahead, and we're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison
1: and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to talk about some plays in this hand because I feel like they're the type of plays that a casual player would see and be like, both of those things are terrible. And my initial reaction is both of those things are terrible. But at the same point, it might be one of those things that we examine deeper and I'm like, hold on a second. Those were both right or one of those was right, you know? So it's going to be fun to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, To my level of professionalism, I I would like to speak right now. I have no idea... If the $15,000 buy-in WPT Tournament of Champions, is the players actually have to buy in for that? Or that was a prize associated with their WPT win? It is, in fact, if the the players who won that year on the WPT got a free
0: entry into this tournament, I think the other champions in the history of the WPT are allowed to buy in, but no one
1: else is. I see, okay. so There were 64 total entries. So it's like, most likely, unless you're one of the really good players, it's a bad event to play if you have to pay the 15K.
0: Right, I yeah. think that's right. Like to some people, when the like Danny Wynn back in the day won a WPT, if very few people know I'm referring to. But he had the hottest final table run I've ever seen in a WPT. Anyway, mm. back when I used to watch it, he was just very aggressive, and people always called him, and he was always way behind. One hand where he was all in, he got all in with a seven against ace king, and the flop was like king for deuce. And it ran out 7-7, seven, seven, and he won the hand and did that multiple times the rest. Not, not like that, but like King-Jack against King-Queen over and over, and just always held. In, like the Jokata-type run. Yeah. Um, even more so. Uh, so I, I would think it would be a bad bet for Danny Wynn to like play in this, because... But Daniel
1: Legrano should still play it. Yeah, and yeah. in fact,
0: the, the final table... Well, I had never heard of either Fareed or, or the Vlad, who's the other uh, These player. are the heads-up players that yes. we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, the other players at the final table, I've heard of all of them. Oh, yeah? Who we got? We got Michael Mizraki, the grinder. Yep. He likes to grind. Jonathan Jaffe. Yep. Dolphin trainer. Or is he? No. The answer is no. Noah Schwartz. May the Noah Schwartz be Noah with you. Uh, Darren Elias, who had won back-to-back yeah. titles, I believe, on the WPT. Tough at table. One point. Andy Frankenberger, who had who was WPT Player of the Year back yeah. in the day, and I once dated his ex-girlfriend.
1: Oh, that's true a true story. Poignant reference. Yeah.
0: And uh, Evgeny Timoshenko. Holy shit. his a f- friend of the poker guys. All right. So
1: it seems like not a tournament you want to pay 15K to play unless you're really sure you have an edge on the world. Right? Yeah.
0: You have to be like, is Farid playing? Because <laughs> well, if you're really good, you know that like all the winners of this season are going to play. So you're like, it's probably going to be okay. But otherwise... Yeah. Yeah. I guess to your point, if you have an edge on the world.
1: Yeah. You yeah. have to have an edge on the world, basically. Um, like Farid, for example, up until this point, he's heads up in this tournament now. He had not done much in poker at all. And in fact... It, according to the WPT, his first ever live tournament was the WPT that he won. Yeah. What an incredible run for this dude who had never played a live tournament, won a WPT, and now is heads up for the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, What, what I can, the hell? What I can tell you for
0: sure is on May 11, 2015, he played this WPT event, right? He won it. First, first live tournament ever. He won for $225,000. Then the next cash he had was almost a year later in this event that we're doing right now live anyway that's on Hendon Mob. so maybe he played like a hundred dollar yeah yeah but you know but just to be clear like what an obscene run in a small
1: sample size I assume he's not just playing a ton of tournaments and whiffing all the time it seems
0: unlikely uh, without knowing anything about it anyway yeah so I mean but we're gonna get to examine his play right now at least in this one hand and I look forward to it
1: yep the plays that I referred to which I said uh, upon initial inspection I I really didn't like one of them is Farid's one of them is his opponent so we'll see We'll see. You, you're an equal opportunity hater. That's what you are. Hater's going to hate? Apparently. You
0: you do. Grant, Grant's going to hate. That's what we say. You're you <laughs> lashing out a little bit? Maybe a little. You're feeling
1: a little? I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's stuff, you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's inside baseball. So let's move along. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a bit of a unique prize pool situation where second place is $224,000. 1st place is three hundred eighty one. But there's an additional $150,000 worth of just... WPT thrown in prizes yeah. for the winner, so the difference between first and second is is kind of monumental at, at this stage. Yeah, and to be clear, the prizes are things like
0: a brand new Corvette. Yeah, you know, um, a gold card with a lot of money on it. You know, which is like you know some. So some of it's useful. I mean, some it has some of it
1: has value, and if you wanted to just ditch it all for cash, you could probably get half that amount for sure. Like there's
0: the the nice watch I'm looking at now, a solid gold Mastercard. I assume there's money on it. I'm yeah. Just, A custom premium poker table. I mean, oh my gosh. That's
1: probably not worth half of whatever. Sell
0: it. Anyway, a seat in Tiger's Poker Night presented by World Poker Tour. I mean, that's
1: that's apparently that's a, not actually part worth, of the prize. That's not actually worth money, is it? Unless they stake you. A
0: round of golf for the winner and two guests with Matt Savage.
1: <laughs> Can we have it without Matt Savage? <laughs> like, I, Nothing against Matt Savage, but if I'm going to win a round of golf, I don't want to do it with a dude I, I mean, don't know. I
0: mean, Matt Savage, perfectly nice guy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, really? I mean, that's the prize? Yeah. Come on. There's like a million poker celebrities out there, right? Matt Savage. I guess he's... He he's so the He's a
1: WPT like Swiss, Swiss Army knife. He does yeah, everything, it's right? True.
0: It's true. Uh, I don't know. Even Tony Dunst, maybe, maybe Vince or Mike. Mike was still, you know, part of the broadcast crew back yeah. then. How about Mike Sexton? Anyway, maybe he doesn't like to play golf. Whatever we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on that okay, okay. just another one more minute <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that all the prizes? that's all the prizes
1: okay maybe you can't get 75k for that they claim no it's way. worth 150k it doesn't feel like it
0: no it feels like they really like you know that, that they always do that stuff on like on yeah. game shows like it's like, too.
1: It's like uh, back in the day I, this is the second time I've mentioned groupon in like the last month on this podcast which yes. is weird is because it? I haven't <laughs> like used groupon since 2012 but you do talk about it surprisingly twice I've, I've yeah, talked about, about twice yeah it's not like I'm talking about it off the air all the time time okay why are you trying to gaslight the I'm world not, how am i always trying to gaslight the world and make me somebody i'm not to i'm know. not a guy always anyway if back in the day, I remember on Groupon, there would be products that would be made specifically for Groupon and they'd be, they'd have an MSRP of like, it'd be like a watch. It's yeah. so like, this is a $900 watch and on <laughs> Groupon, you can get it for fifty nine ninety nine, <laughs> but you can only get it on Groupon for fifty nine ninety nine. Like you have to like go to the factory to buy it for $900 or something. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it feels like that sort of.
0: Totally. No, no. Like this is the thing where like, they're saying that the two, 2016 Corvette is probably like a big chunk of the 150 thousand. Yeah. it's like ninety thousand. But like, if you were going to buy that exact car brand new at a dealership, you probably talk them down like 15 k or yeah. something like that. You know, if no one actually pays ninety thousand dollars for that car. You know, but like you, ha- that's how they're going to count it for. And by the way, you have to pay more taxes on it too. It sort of sucks for you, but you you accept it. You take the Corvette, of course. The Don't taxes
1: of of prizes are interesting. Just on a quick aside, you know, like. Do you remember, I never saw the show, but there's like Extreme Makeover Home Edition? Um, I know of it. Okay. Well, the concept of the show, for those who don't know, is I think that a bunch of, like a family that is down on their luck wins this reward that is... A group of expert designers and and home builders and stuff come and, and take their property and turn it into, like, this great property that they would love to live in, right? Yeah. Uh, apparently, a lot of those families who, you know, their, their situation with how much money they were making in their life didn't change. Their property taxes went up so much that they had to sell that house and, like, not make that much money on it because mm. they were underwater. Like yeah. It actually became a problem for them. <laughs> that's a shame there was a game show when i was a kid called dream
0: house and it was only on for like two seasons and it was literally they had you know people competing and sometimes the person who won would actually win a a house you know which is crazy And i think it was a similar thing where like no one could ever actually accept the house like if you're on a game show trying to win a house, you probably don't have enough money to be able to like suddenly fork over thirty thousand dollars in taxes or whatever you know uh and so, yeah, I think I think eventually they they started paying the taxes as part of the prize. That
1: seems reasonable. Yeah, yeah. But anyway,
0: back to this. Deal. I guess
1: I guess Extreme Makeover Home Edition could have had that as like a thing, like for the first three years, we'll pay your property taxes yeah. type thing. But, but, they but why would they want to do that? They didn't. They don't want to do that. I mean, Johnny's got to eat. You know, Johnny does have to eat. Which is why we got to do this podcast in 15 minutes, or else Jonathan, he's, his blood sugar will get low and he gets upset.
0: Yeah. He gets, gets
1: angry. Very angry.
0: Very grumpy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got to get this guy an apple. Okay. So it's basically 224 for a second and 381 plus, let's say, 70K for first, not really 150. Well,
0: whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's right. a, That's it, fair.
1: There's extra value. Yes. All right. Hey, by the way, this was suggested by Alex Trembath. Alex, I feel like it's been a while since I've said your name, but still, you, you've done a great job over the course of the career. It's just been a bit of a drought recently. Oh,
0: but you just have to take shots anyway. Hey, here's something that's cool. Huh. Not about Alex Trumbath. I'm already moving on.
1: Oh, you're moving on from Alex nice Trumbath. Nice job,
0: Alex. Yeah, nice job, Alex. How about um, that? So, uh, for Reed. Yeah. So, not only is did he play his first tournament in cash in that his second World Poker Tour event that he ever played was this event a year later. So, like, usually people who win, like, start playing. Yeah, they'll
1: playing. start playing, like, go to the circuit or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but, like,
0: nope, this is, this, this is the free one he got, so this is the only other one he played. And here we are, heads up. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, good job, dude. He must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen him play. I don't know anything about this hand even, but he, he must be doing something right. I know? mean, that's... Although he never really cashed not necessarily, anything significant again. Not
1: necessarily him. true that he yes. must be doing something right. No, it's you're right. a lot more likely that he's doing something right.
0: Yes, that's about it. Yeah. He must, from his point of view, can you imagine you play two WPT events, you win the first one, you get heads up in the second one. I'm trying just not to spoil who wins. I'm not saying he did or he didn't win. I did, uh, yeah. And, uh, and you must think like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're sports betting, you win you win a sports bet, and you're just like, oh, it's so obvious. It was so like, no big deal. I, like, feel like, I, I, mean, I feel like
1: that happens with all poker, even if you play a lot of poker. Yeah. Like back in the day when I would play a live poker tournament almost every day, I'd go through streaks where like I would cash – four or five days in a row and with a couple of bigger wins and I'd be like, poker is fucking easy. I can yeah. do this every day and make so much money and yeah. then I'd go a month without cashing. I'd be like, it's impossible to win. It doesn't matter if I think I'm better than them. They're going to win anyway. Yeah. Like, I, I can't win. You can't be luck. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's weird how that works that way. It's very no, emotional. I, it's hard to not tie your emotion to it. I agree. I agree. Maybe Fareed is able to, to you know, detach the emotion and that's why he's so successful. That's in probably what two is. Two tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the hand. Let's do it. Heads up, twelve K, twenty four K. So we've talked about Fareed. His opponent, Vlad Dari, is actually a bit of a grinder. He plays a lot of tournaments. He's had a lot of success, yeah. like a reasonable amount of success. He's over over two million in earnings, right? Yep. Um, so cool. Got a got like a young whiz and the guy who plays once every eight months.
0: Yeah. If if that.
1: Yeah. All right. So Vlad is the short stack. At 12K, 24K. Oh, by the way, if you want to suggest a hand, do it on Twitter. That's what Alex did. We are the Poker Guys. Always. And uh, include a video link and a timestamp. So Vlad's got $1.1 million at 12.24 as the effective stack. So we're pretty deep here. Over 40 bigs effective. Mm-hmm. He raises to 50 k from the small blind button with King of Clubs, Seven of Diamonds. Cool. Fareed Yachow. I don't know exactly how to say his last name. Yachow? So Yachow. I'm just going to say Fareed. Okay. Has $2.1 million so pretty significant lead over vlad and ace of spades deuce of diamonds and calls out of the big blind i, I suppose your answer is going to be mixed strategy but how do you want to approach ace deuce at this stack depth heads up
0: um mixed strategy <laughs> yeah i mean I, I like calling a lot in these spots i i know a lot of people are going to be more aggressive in three bet, and maybe i'm wrong to call as much as i do uh I like protecting my calling range because I'm calling with so many other hands, you know, and like maybe my my three bets are going to be. I mean, I like that we have a blocker for a three, bet. But this hand actually has real value, you know, against this guy's raising range. Yeah, right? like we're we're way ahead of his range, which is a reason to raise. But it's also a reason to call because now we have like when we flop an ace, he thinks it's him. And like we get we have a perfect check calling hand. basically. Yeah, this kid is ace. probably
1: going to fire at least twice on an ace high board if he's like this, you know, so. young wizard. Type.
0: That part's pretty good, and like if we were shorter, if if the effective stack was shorter, I'd be way more interested in in three betting and like three bet to blow him off. They, th- you know, blow him off the pot. Three bet to sometimes. I mean, getting it in with Ace Deuce is probably not going to be good. Like if he if he calls, like maybe we're up against King Queen once in a while if he has twenty blinds, but otherwise we're behind, right?
1: Yeah, no, we don't want to get it in with Ace Deuce no. for over forty bigs. Oh if, no, of course not. Not against most players. I guess there's a few. Still, Ace Deuce isn't doing that well against you know the field. So. Doesn't really matter that much. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I mostly want to call here, but I but I think obviously you have to three bet some of the time. For sure. For sure.
1: Do you do you wanna three bet more than me? I, I would guess you do. It really depends on my opponent. Mm. I think if they're gonna have a high fold rate because they're opening all the time and they're just sort of the type that's like, yeah, I give up on that, then sure I'll three bet a lot. But I definitely don't hate calling because it's not that good of a hand. Yeah. But it's relatively easy to play post flop. I mean, yes. the tough spot is ace high boards where the third barrel is really big and like you don't really know what to do and you're going to have to make a judgment call.
0: Yeah. I mean, to some degree, if, you're, if that's true, I mean, you should be thinking about this, honestly, like before we even put the call in pre flop. I mean, sometimes it's, it doesn't mean it isn't going to be tough on the river, but a lot of the time we should already know like, am I, how many barrels am I calling if I hit top pair against this opponent? You know, we should be thinking about that because like it's going to happen a lot, right? Like an ace is going to flop and then we're going to be in the spot. Otherwise, it's pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, I agree. Fareed goes with the call. Okay, cool. Uh, So we're going to go to the flop and... Problem? No, no no problem. I just lost my place. Okay. 108,000 in the pot. Flop is deuce of clubs, deuce of hearts, eight of hearts. So pretty good for Fareed. I'd be happy if I were Fareed.
0: I think that's an incredible flop for Fareed. His problem, of course, is his opponent doesn't really have anything. But what are you going to do? You know, like, it's hard to have. I mean, this is a great, this is a great flop. It is. So is. got to be thrilled. And you got the ace kicker, even. You're like, I'm in heaven.
1: It's a super dry board, right? So we should be going for a check and either call or raise, depending on what our strategy is. Sure. But I don't think we should be leading this board too often, right? We can lead this board a little bit, but, you know,
0: only if we're leading with bluffs, too. If there's, there aren't very many obvious bluffs here, right? So we're just leading with air. So I guess yeah. To your point, I guess we're mostly checking, right? Because,
1: yeah, that's what are we doing? That's what Fareed does. There are two
0: hearts. We could so we could lead some hearts some of the time, but I guess it's better just to check raise those anyway on this kind of a board, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Free checks, cool. Vlad's gonna bet. He has king high. It's not not even a second over. So I guess he's just doing equity protection. Like he's never folding out a better hand, right?
0: Um, he might fold out ace three if he bets enough, but.
1: No, he should. Even Ace Three is probably. Calling. I mean, if Farid does any chops at all, he's probably not folding an Ace on this board. We could fold out a better King. That's yes, yeah, so you the could only fold out like King Ten maybe. Which did which
0: didn't three bet? Yeah, which both things are possible. Yeah, especially we see Ace Deuces here, right? Um, yeah, I think this is mostly equity protection. Though to your point, like we're yeah. not we're not really trying to bluff anything here, right?
1: So that's what Vlad does. He bets fifty K. Cool. Here's where things start getting interesting. Yep. Farid raises to two fifty. Now we can discuss whether or not you think he should call or raise, but I think. Mostly raising is a perfectly fine thing to do. You have plenty of deuces in your range. You want to rep it sometimes. You might as well raise when you have it at least some of the time.
0: I mean, if you're going to raise your flush draws, then you need to raise something that's strong. It's You're rarely going to have full houses, which means like trip deuces is the next most obvious
1: thing. You're not going to raise your eights almost ever, right? Maybe if the guy is just real stationy and spewy, you can raise your eights and try to get it in against 40 blinds. But Maybe, yeah. but that's, like, oof, uh, yeah, that's, that's tough. A bit much. Yeah. Here's the deal, though, Vlad's not gonna fold, and he's not gonna three bet.
0: So Vlad what calls is he with do?
1: King High?
0: And Farid makes it 250 over the 50k bet. Yeah. by the way to be clear, so it's like kind of a big race. Vlad so does sizable. not
1: Vlad does not block any hearts, so I guess he's thinking of that as a positive, meaning yeah that Farid could have all the flush draws. So I mean, this is kind of interesting. I get it, I guess. Like King High is good against a lot of the flush draws, sure. but. If we use distribution, we're probably making this hero call with hands that are better than king seven or have more opportunities to improve, right? Instead of just king seven. Right, because the seven is below the eight. Yeah.
0: The thing is this. I got to believe that Vlad is sure that Farid is never raising an eight here. Otherwise, he'd be folding this hand. Yeah. Right. So he's not afraid of the... He's not really worried about the over or under against the eight. Because in his mind, it's got to be... Farid is basically saying he's got a deuce or a heart draw. Almost always, right?
1: I agree with that. At the same point, I still think we need to use distribution to make this decision because there are plenty of deuces available for Fareed. He had to call 26K yeah. over the 24K big blind preflop with an ante. Like, mm-hmm. he might literally have all of the offsuit deuces. We don't know. I mean, it's unlikely. It's, it's okay, up. but he has like king deuce off probably.
0: Yeah, but, Queen deuce probably, off. but probably not nine deuce off, seven deuce But off. he's got those
1: suited. Yeah. You'd expect. He's got a fair amount of deuces, but he also has then a fair amount of hearts also. I think the combos of deuces would outweigh um, in that scenario, I believe. Maybe it's,
0: is it also possible that he's seen Fareed slow play some of his monsters? And so he's like, well, when you raise, I know you have a lot of your hearts. This this is obviously just a certain player type. I don't know if yeah. Fareed is that player type, but if Vlad's thinking, I know you'll often slow play in this spot with a monster, but you're also going to fast, not fast play, you're going to be very aggressive and semi-bluff. A lot of the time, too. If that's the case, then you have a very easy call, I think, with King 7 because King High is almost always good. I don't know. I shouldn't say an easy call. Easy, easy is overstating it. I for still sure. think
1: like if re- free has to be so face up and so obvious, you have to like add a physical tell to make King 7 part of your calling range here. No.
0: Or, or you have to know this guy really, really, really well yeah. in the way he's playing. Because I certainly agree, like, it wouldn't even occur to me to call, I yeah. think, unless I've seen this guy, like, check-race constantly and then slow-play monsters. Even just check-race constantly might be enough.
1: Like, I don't know like, if I want to call with any kings, king-queen even. Like, if I have enough aces in my range that I can just call with ace-highs in better hands, that seems like enough. Like, do I really need to call with king-high?
0: Maybe the best reason to call with, like, the king-queen is, and this goes back to sort of what we were talking about before, but, like, you have the two-overs... And not that that actually really changes anything practically. Like if you hit or if you don't. But then when you hit, like you're like, wow, my hand. You have more. You have more chances to hit like a strongly improving hand. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in this case, right? Because no. like pocket nines is never in here, no. right? Like he just never has pocket nines, and so. And if he's, we don't think he's check raising an eight. We have clearly he does not believe a check a check raise with an eight is happening. Right? No, he would just couldn't call. He right. thought that was part of the range.
1: Yeah, I don't think he should call anyway. I don't think he should call. Maybe he's
0: got a plan. You know. If he thinks this guy's very bluffy, sometimes you're up just against a dude who's just insanely bluffy. We've all been there where we make these like super thin calls. Not like this very often. I
1: mean, I've definitely made calls that are not based on distribution because I think the person is super bluffy. Maybe that is what's going on here.
0: I mean, I've called with Queen High on the river, you know, Mm -hmm. when in these spots, like because I'm like, I don't think you have it, man.
1: I've called with 10 high on the river. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, and it feels great when you're right, you know, and it really tilts people. (laughs) (laughs) It's very cool. So, you know, if you just if you think you're right, fair enough, you know? Yeah. Vlad is successful. I, I think we should, like, give him some credit here
1: for this ju- not just being an insane play. Maybe it is just that he has no hearts. Maybe he'd rather call with this hand than king-queen with the queen of hearts. I think that's probably true. Maybe that's what's going on, yeah.
0: Even so, I, I don't completely disagree. Maybe he's also thinking, like, I'm c-betting 100% of my range on this board, so I have to call with a fair amount against raises. Assuming, this all assumes, though, that, that Fareed actually is raising... a a correct percentage of the time, a reasonable percentage of the time. Even if that's
1: the case, Vlad has all the ace highs. He has all the pocket pairs. He has all of the super strong hands. Like, he's got a lot of hands he can call with.
0: He does, but he has a lot of hands that are worse than King 7, too. If he's actually raising 100% or almost 100% on the button and C-betting 100%.
1: Well, he also has all of his
0: heart draws. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There is. There is. I mean, I I would certainly fold this. I really wouldn't give it much of a thought and I would fold, but, you know, I'm also probably a little... Bluffable in this spot, you know, and Vlad clearly is not.
1: <laughs> you're bluffable. I am bluffable. In no, spots. no, you're not. Sometimes I fold. No, what? That's a lie. I fold. When, po- have, when have you folded? I folded pocket nines to you once. That no, you one didn't. time. No, I did. No, you never folded pocket and nines. You were bluffing. It sucked. Oh yeah, that's true. That, that happened on uh, nitrogen. It's true.
0: It did. You had five deuce, side pocket nines,
1: and I folded. I, th- I thought I had 6-3. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you
0: had 6-3. Who cares? You had you had a boar's hand, and I'm That
1: was on that. one of our great uh, early COVID lockdown tournaments on Nitrogen, yeah, actually, I which that. Nitro ran for all of our people. It was really fun. Uh, they do a lot of cool stuff, and if you use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports, you get access to whatever cool stuff they throw at the Poker Guys listeners, so that sounds like a good deal to me.
0: It sounds like a good deal to me
1: guaranteed every month there's a tournament the poker guys tournament the last sunday of every month where there's a big guarantee a big overlay and lots of fun to be had you'll make a (laughs) friend or two (laughs) it's guaranteed uh you gotta use the link in the description to even see that tournament to see like the march madness deals they do for people they because of course they have sports betting and casino games as well got a good poker room got a bunch of sports that you can bet on got casino games got bitcoin only and guess what jonathan what I heard a rumor about the withdrawals. You know what they say about rumors. They make an ass out of you and me. I did hear that, but I don't care. I heard it anyway. Okay. I can't unhear the rumor. No, you can't. So the withdrawals, Jonathan. Yeah. From from Nitrogen. If you win, say, the Poker Guys tournament or a sports bet that you know nets you a decent amount of Bitcoin. Sure. That would feel good, right? That would feel great. You might want that to be in your Bitcoin wallet pretty fast. hmm You know, that would be great. Sure. Guess what? What? It will be. What? Within 90 minutes. No. Nitrogen does not fuck around with your money, man. I thought they did. Everybody else does. They don't. I thought they did
0: too, like everyone else. No, they don't. Well, I'm learning a new thing and it's great. Excellent. It's great. I'm glad to be an educator today. You are teaching the world and you're feeding the world with knowledge. Yeah. Who needs bread? I mean, I I eat Let them eat knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) I eat at the restaurant of ideas.
1: (laughs) That's like the worst thing anybody's ever said. Thank you. <laughs> I feel that way too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, use <laughs> use the link in the description <laughs> when you sign up for nitrogen. <laughs> I could just see the most insufferable person in the world <laughs> saying that and meaning it.
0: Yeah. I eat at the restaurant of ideas. That's strong. Hey, I got to use that in a sentence like for real sometime.
1: Hey, John, uh, where do you want to go for, for dinner tonight? Dinner? I ate at the Restaurant of
0: Ideas. <laughs> I ate I at the Diner of the Mind.
1: <laughs> that is nice, horrible.
0: That's the kind of stuff like uh, like princes said back in like the 1800s, you know?
1: Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I know. I can see it on your face. Yeah, you, wanted, you wanted to say. get to it before I did. Yeah, you want all what, the glory of saying that super correct thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in the world? You know, lots of stuff. Yeah. But... Okay. We're not talking about that. No. We're talking about this poker hand. Let's do this, because we're still going to get to the part where you're like,
0: No! No! What?
1: Did he? He did! All that. All of that stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. After the race to 250K, there is 608K in the pot. Okay. Turn is the 10 of clubs. So... Second club comes, but doesn't affect anybody's hand. Deuce of clubs, deuce of hearts, eight of hearts, ten of clubs. Farid's got ace deuce, unsuited uh, for for the old trips. Vlad's got king seven off, no draws. Mm. Farid's going to bet again. Makes sense. You'd expect that Vlad has something. You'd yeah. Charge the heart draws. Maybe he's got an eight, you know? Sure. He bets 200K. It's pretty small. Really small. I'm not sure I like the sizing.
0: It's okay. Th- what I'm aware of is he, that effectively, the, the effective stack as we go to the turn is 800K and the pot is 600K, right? Yeah. So I think if you're Farid, you're like thinking like, how do I get it all in? I guess so. I think we could still bet more than 200, but he's trying to like, he's trying to basically like seduce this this pot all the way in, you know, I think. And he's I don't afraid know. I if he bets 300, it's going to like, or 350, it's going to... But
1: 300 feels normal and, and yeah, feels more effective overall. When we raise to 250 on the flop
0: and we're in a polarizing spot... And we have it, especially. But either way, like we should be betting more on the turn. Like we should at least bet. We should at least bet three hundred. Yeah, it sets up a much easier call. If if we get a call on the turn, it sets up such an easier call on the river where our opponent just feels like he has to call, right? Yep. That's one of the main reasons we do it. Three twenty-five, whatever. If we had a heart draw, we'd probably be betting big anyway. Maybe that. Maybe that's not true though. Maybe Farid's got this whole thing figured out. He's betting two hundred either way with a heart draw or with a deuce. I doubt it. <laughs> but who knows? So Vlad's gonna shove or fold, right? I mean, shoving does not seem like a good idea, does it? So I mean, I why don't we, we call we, the flop? We
1: get some insta. We get. Some, well, we called the flop because we thought King High was good. So you think we're gonna? So we why, why would we shove? Well, I guess I, we could deny equity. My yeah. My point is like, the board's getting a little wonky, and calling feels. Really bad.
0: Well, now that he bets 200, like you almost want him to shove the turn, right? If he shoves the turn, you're like, well, sometimes King High is good. Yeah. When he bets 200, it's like, unless you really know this player does one of these like tiny, tiny, tiny bluffs on the turn, very few players have that in them after they raise to 250, you know, bluffing 200 on the turn. You know, very few. Well, yeah, I I agree. I'd want to just throw it away.
1: I mean, like, I know we called on the flop, but like if I called with this hand on the flop, I'd be like, the way I'm winning is if he shuts down, right? It's not like if he bets again, unless I hit a king or something.
0: Well, it could also be like if he goes goes all in on the turn, I could consider calling. Maybe. Because he's trying to get me to fold. But here it does not feel like he is trying to get me to fold.
1: So either he's brilliant
0: or much more likely, if I knew this was the second World Poker Tour tournament of this guy's life, I would assume not brilliant, more likely just trying to get value. Which just seems to be what's ha- what's actually happening. I mean, see, it's always easy to say when you know the cards. Though.
1: Yeah, but I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I would have folded the flop, one hundred percent. I guess it's he's already here and he's in Fancyville. Fleds playing fancy, so he decides to make the call. He's, I mean, what if Farid has a better hand? That's a heart draw. <laughs> like he could. Well, there
0: aren't that many of those actually. That's part of it, right? Like you figure, like the suited aces are going to be. A bunch of those are going to be three bets preflop. Not all of them, but a bunch of them. So we can eliminate some of the... Some of them. But some of them. Like ace nine of hearts plus probably is... And maybe all, maybe maybe but we not, know
1: we can eliminate more of those. I mean, it's tough to say we could eliminate all of those. Not all of them. And right. there's also better king high heart draws. That's true. And what, if, for, a, what if, if we really just is randomly bluffing with a better king high? It's not, not even a heart draw.
0: Can you imagine if you like shoves turn, we call and he's got like king queen of hearts and we're like, we're hoping to hit like an, one of the two sevens in the deck. Basically, I guess the eight could pair. That's the other way out, right? So yeah, that's about it. The eight pairs, or um, the uh, what's the turn of the ten? Yeah, the t- the eight or the ten pairs, then we chop, as long as they aren't hearts. I mean, this is tough. I mean, it can't be the eight of hearts, but the ten of hearts. Yeah. Um. I mean, this seems like we should fold. I agree. I my now Vlad is successful. Yeah.
1: So Vlad has a reason for this. I don't think we should just be like he's terrible. What's no, I doing? don't. Right. I definitely don't think that necessarily. Right. I just think it's difficult for me to justify how he's playing the hand because he does call. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess maybe Farid is super bluffy. Maybe Farid attacks, um, paired boards, but you just have to use distribution still. You like, don't,
0: you don't have to that much. If a guy like constantly attacks paired boards and you've got a showdownable hand,
1: you don't have barely
0: to. showdownable, barely showdownable. That's true. But, but showdownable all the same.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I don't, I mean, you, you really don't like if like Phil Ivey is a, is a great example of this, right? Phil Ivey, chump obviously oh yeah uh, big time but like famously attacks paired boards yes so like if i'm up against phil ivy like i'm going to be like if i see bet on a paired board like i'm waiting for him to raise me or like make some weird play down the road like i know he's going to so like i'm already like i should be planning for that already so if indeed farid is like attacking paired boards when we bet this flop we know we're not folding, right? Because why would we bet king seven off if we know this guy like a taxpayer boards? I am making up a lot of things that I have no idea if any of these things are true, of course.
1: It all feels like a stretch. It really does. But like you said, Vlad has results. He's proven himself to, to know what he's doing. Many, 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 many results. He's just he seventh in the crazy eights. But, but it doesn't matter how good you are. You can still make mistakes. Vlad might, yeah. I mean, it might be the end of a very long day of poker. This could be yeah. just a mistake. Yep. It could be like you're saying, too, that he thinks he has a tell. Yeah. And he's just wrong in this case. Well, he's drawing dead.
0: (laughs) But besides that, everything's fine. He makes the call. Okay. I mean, really? Fine. You know what? He makes the call. You know what else he can make? What can he make? He can make this episode being sponsored by Blue Chew. Thank you, Vlad. Blue Chew is making waves, Vlad, and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. For you, Vlad (laughs) Blue Chew is a unique online service That delivers the same active ingredients As Viagra and Cialis But in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED It can help men gain extra confidence For when it's time to perform, Vlad Blue Chew is an online prescription service So no visits to the doctor's office No awkward conversations And no waiting in line at the pharmacy And it ships right to your door in a discreet package The process is simple Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. You don't like swallowing pills? Guess what? No problems over here, because their Sidenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. BlueChew tablets are made in the USA. They're chewable. Vlad loves them. And they want, it, they want you to know that they're prepared to ship direct to you. That makes it cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal just for our listeners, Grant. Try BlueChew free. <laughs> I almost made the whole thing without laughing, Grant. <laughs> Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code POKERGUYS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code POKERGUYS to receive your first month free. And we'd like to thank Vlad and Luchu for sponsoring the podcast.
1: I didn't know Vlad paid to have this podcast made.
0: Um, it's more of an emotional sponsorship. Oh, okay. I
1: see. <laughs> he's supporting us. Okay, so I understand. Like, he's there if we need anything. I understand. You know, that's the fourth time we've done that ad. And yeah. uh, you just read the same thing every time. Yeah. You know what most people do? <laughs> they just record it. And then <laughs> <laughs> and just instead, why didn't
0: we do that now? It's kind sort of fun, though, to read through it because I'm trying so hard not to laugh at any yeah. point, you know, and like... This is the fr- I, this is the best I've ever done. I think by a lot. You did all right. I like sounded professional for like half of it. Sounded professional, Jonathan. <laughs> no,
1: no, you were all right. You did I, all right.
0: I, I think for half of it, the Bluetooth people were like, "Are we having a commercial?" Because I just found someone. I found some voice talent, and then they're like, "I never mind."
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. One point oh eight million in the pot. Yes. The board is deuce of clubs, deuce of hearts, eight of hearts, ten of clubs, and the river is the eight of diamonds, pairing the eight. So we've got king high with two pair against the bottom full house. Yes. Okay. All right. What do you do as Farid? Your first act. Okay. Vlad's got 600K. The pot has like 100,000 or a million in it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, this is an interesting spot, right? Very. So, So Vlad... Vlad called us, called Mm -hmm. our check raise, called our turn back. Vlad has something. Isn't his most likely holding an eight? His most likely holding is definitely an eight. Yeah. Now, because the stack to pot
1: is less than one. I know what you're going to say. You say it every time. Go. No, no, go ahead. Say what I'm going to say. You're going to say, we're going to call anyway if Mm -hmm. he shoves, so we should shove ourselves, try to get value from whatever else he has. That isn't what I was going to say. I was
0: going to say, we're definitely going to call if he shoves, right? Like, we're not going to find a fold, I don't think, because hearts missed. Probably Uh not. Okay. So we have to consider then what he's going to do with bluffs and what he's going to do with value, basically, right? Like, do we think if he has pocket sevens, we can get a call with a shove? Or pocket nines, can we get a call? Do we think if he has hearts, he's going to try and bluff? And they and then base our decision on those two things,
1: I suppose. I don't know. He glossed over that we're going to call for sure. I don't know if we have to say that we're going to call for sure if he shoves. Okay. I mean, I know that's hearts. Fair. I that's know fair. hearts missed, but no, no, that's fair. Like it was only 200k in the turn, so maybe he can still have hearts. But it is a paired board. A lot of people are going to raise. He can definitely still have hearts. I think when it's too... Um, but what if he has the ace
0: x of hearts, which is like completely reasonable. By the way, that's a hand that's an interesting one where actually we'd wanna we'd wanna shove. It's like rather than check, right? Yeah, i Between just like... Line. The eight
1: pairing is the worst card in the deck, I think. It's
0: pretty bad. I don't know if a heart is worse than the eight pairing or not, but the eight pairing
1: is pretty awful. It's it's just kind of shitty. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I hate both ideas. I think if I have to pick...
0: I'm I'm inclined to want to shove because I think I'm going to call. If I check, I'm going to decide I'm, I'm calling unless I know this is a guy who will never shove anything. So that, but, that but assumes
1: points. that you believe that Vlad will not bluff if we check that often.
0: Right. Because that means, because if that means he usually, because if he is, if he has hearts, then he's blocking our us having hearts. Yeah. And so we're, we're, we look like we have either an eight or a deuce a lot based on how we played this. Right. Especially when we check the river. Um, like if we're bluffing, we might just go for it anyway. Although God, that doesn't sound like a good idea either. No. Um, I mean, I don't know if, if let's pretend he has Kings for a second.
1: He's going to call if we shove, right? If he has kings. He I just don't, has Doesn't don't he have know. to? Does he? I don't know. There's only 600K left. He might... Actually, he might call because he's like, well, you probably don't have an eight. And would you really shove deuces full when the eight pairs? That might lead him to call. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: He obviously... Like, we know that he thinks that... For, we we believe. I shouldn't say we know. That he thinks Farid doesn't... Isn't capable of check raising an eight on the flop because he calls the king seven. And then yeah. calls the turn with king seven, right? So... We can reasonably guess that yeah he's not going to think we have an eight almost ever. Yeah, we're pretty much at the top of our range here.
1: As for Reid, right? That is accurate, but still that doesn't mean we should shove. If we if it's well worse expected value to shove than the check, then we shouldn't do it. If we check, are we calling a shove? That's I don't know. Okay, that was that's your that was your yeah. point, right? You're
0: not sure. I just don't see how we can fold, even though we're losing sometimes. <laughs> that's okay to lose sometimes. You know, it's going to be $1.6 in the pot. It's going to be 600000 to call and win the tournament if we check call, to check call there in a spot where he has reasonable bluffs. I can think of bluffs that he can have, that he would feel like obligated to play this way.
1: We just have to be really sure if we're going to shove that we, we know that Vlad can call with hands that are worse than full houses. Right. I agree with you. I agree. It helps that there are hearts that missed, which Vlad can put us on, right? If, if there weren't hearts, I would
0: hate doing anything but checking here yeah because like what the hell uh, maybe, maybe you could talk yourself into well pocket pairs are going to check back and maybe we can get value by shoving but then what are we supposed to have ourselves like yeah like, there's no semi there's no there's no yeah, okay. you can't do it yeah you can't do it you're right you just got to check the deuce and honestly hope it goes check check probably because yeah. if he, he bets you might just always be losing it's not a good spot yeah. yeah like maybe you i don't know what you do but in this spot i feel like we're. i don't think we can fold reasonably here Also, like, if we're at the top of our range, it's kind of crazy to fold against a really put-together player like this kid. We think is. Yeah. Even though we're not sure about some of these decisions in this hand, his results seem to... I would guess this means he's got moves and stuff like that, you know? So, um, I could also see him with a heart draw on the flop, feel like he has to call. You get to the turn, he's planning on folding the turn when it's going to be a shove or a really big bet. And instead, it's such a tiny bet. And he's like, this guy just always has a deuce. So I'm going to try and win the tournament by only putting in 200K here. And every time a heart comes, I'm probably going to win. And every time it doesn't, I don't have to put any more chips. Like, I think that's pretty reasonable.
1: He, he doesn't feel like he can shove. He thinks he's always getting snapped. Right? Yeah. Well, Fareed opts for the move in. Yeah. I can't. That, that's one of the moves that I'm I was okay like. I'm okay with it. I was unsure of that move when I first saw it. And sure. I th- I'm okay with it, too. But I, think, but I think the reason I didn't like it at first is because everything you would do sucks. Like, yeah, this is just a terrible card.
0: It is a terrible card. And I think what happens a lot when you get a terrible card is it's easier to check in some ways because you don't have to really make a decision. Yeah. It's like, am I going to have to make this decision by checking? Maybe you'll check too. And neither, and neither of us have to make a decision. And isn't that great? Instead of like, you could do something that's like a fuck up. Because like, if it goes check, check, and he turns over two nines, you're like, hey, he was probably folding. Anyway. Yeah. Who the hell knows? It's fine. Um, and if he checks and shoves, okay, now you're forced to make a decision, but maybe you, maybe you didn't have to. If you shove and he, like, snaps you or folds quickly and you're like, well, maybe I fucked that up. The only way you can know you fucked it up probably is if you shove. <laughs> yeah. so, so I can see why. And So I think, like, as a human being, like, it's easy to just decide to check there. But I think it's probably right to shove if we think, like you're saying, it's possibly called by,
1: by hands that are worse. Well, he shoves. And... Uh, yeah. We're going to have to pick up the wreckage after this tornado of a sentence that I say. Here we go. This is the hand in which Farid wins his second WPT. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem possible. Really. This is the hand. This is the end of the tournament. Yeah. You know what that means? I think I do. That means that Vlad calls. Yeah, it would have to be Vlad calls. Yeah. Calls him down. Well, the eight is kind of a good card,
0: right? Yeah. The
1: eight is a good card.
0: Now... The eight's one of the best cards in the deck, actually. What I, what
1: I think has happened throughout this entire hand, and I certainly... At points in my poker career, thought, didn't really think about distribution very much at all. And yeah. I'm not saying that that's what's going on with Vlad, but at points I would I would think completely categorically and feel like I had a my opponents nailed and just be like, "Yeah, I'm calling because I think you're bluffing and I have a good enough hand to do it with." Mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening here. Isn't that basically distribution? What you just said?
0: Oh no, when you say good enough hand, you just mean like showdown, showdown. Okay, yeah. okay, fair. That's enough. what I mean.
1: Okay. Um, I think Vlad really should have used distribution here. I, <laughs> I think. Because he has all the ace he options. he's got He should be pairs. able to get lucky and get away from it this time through distribution, right? Instead of it costing him the tournament. I understand what you're saying.
0: You could be right, but I want to play the other side of it for okay. a second, which would be this. Now, when this eight comes, we may be able to say to ourselves, okay, well, we don't think he ever has an eight. Yep. I'm not sure he would shove deuces full. Right. What's he supposed to have? He's not going to shove an ace if he had an ace, right? He's going to check an ace we assume what's he going to mostly what's what's he trying to get value out of what's he trying to bluff nothing there's no good answers to that right like he's going to try and get called by king high if he shoves he's going to try and bluff out bottom full like or top full like those pocket pairs pocket pairs okay okay but probably he wouldn't do that mostly i think people would check because the heart's missed so like you think like i have the best hand sometimes right yeah i don't need to bluff um, some people will bluff anyway. Actually, some of the really great players decide to bluff in all those spots, and I think it works for them really well. But that's a that's a conversation for another day, Grant. Um, and then the eight is kind of like an amazing card because it because maybe we feel like he doesn't have top full, and he maybe he, we think he can't have bottom full either. Now, if we think he can have bottom full, it makes it a little bit more. Yeah, it changes things a little bit. He for clearly sure. can. Yeah. Um, I like that he can have bottom full. Even like I th- like I think that's probably right, but it's a question. Like for sure, it's not obvious. And uh, if we think it's at least even like maybe he can't have bottom full, and I know he can't have top full, and that means he can't really have any... Well, there's nothing else. Everything else is a, is like missed hearts, right?
1: So maybe we can. It's possible we could eliminate all value if well, we're right about him not having bottom full. There's got to be a, at least a few king highs that are better than our hand okay. that, that he might show up with. Fair Which enough. are going to be chops, by the way. But, so. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. Um, there might be a few ace highs.
0: Actually, the, the problem would be if he somehow took ace... X of hearts and was trying to get us off a pocket pair. Yep. That would be like the or real off disaster. A chop. Or off a chop. That would be a real disaster. Yeah. But that's not going to come up too often because there wasn't a 3 bet pre. And some some of the time he's going to do that with his ace is there.
1: Some yeah. of them. So I agree with you. From all the practical purposes, I could see why Vlad decides that this might be a spot where he can actually call with King High, because if he doesn't believe Farid is actually shoving when the eight pairs with Deuces full, Freed should never have an eight because he check raised the flop. Yeah then all of his bluffs are mostly worse than King high. Sure. I get that. At the same point, it is outlandish to assume all of these things are hundred <laughs> percent correct. Yeah. Which is why we need to use distribution because we can trust ourselves a little bit, but we need to use distribution to hedge against our, like letting our instincts overtake everything and make us make kind of spewy calls.
0: In a in a vacuum I agree with that for sure. It's possible that Vlad is Vlad's is just not in a vacuum, possibly, right? Where he's, he's in, like he's not in a vacuum. He, he, he's in a broom. Not okay. a vacuum, yeah. Um, but like where he has a lot of context for what's you know, and a lot of history with this player, maybe in the last for the last several hours at maybe. least at this final table, and perhaps throughout this tournament perhaps maybe he played at that one other tournament this guy he'd played at even who knows um so maybe he feels like he's got a lot more going on than what you're talking about where, where you know where he can look at this guy and be like i
1: just feel like i know enough about him to be able to but say but he's like, wrong though of course he's wrong. yeah yeah i mean ultimately i don't really hate either of these overplays yeah. like kind of what i speculated about early on where i was like maybe my mind will be changed it kind of was I don't really love either of them. Yeah, that's fair. And I think Vlad is making at least a minor mistake by calling with this hand when you have so many others in your available distribution. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that's not crazy what yeah. you're saying. It's interesting. Like when we call the check raise on the flop, to some degree, we're like, it's possible the 200K bet on the turn was this brilliant bet by Farid. Yeah. Like where some, although you would think that would just fold out the king seven. Like,
1: I, I actually think the flop call and the turn call are significantly worse plays than the river call. Yeah, me too. By Vlad. Me too. Um,
0: to me, the turn call is the worst. Like, the flop call I can at least sort of get. The turn aye, call aye, feels aye. like yeah. he's shoving all his bluffs here or he's checking them. Like, he's not betting 200K with a heart draw. What, what's the point of that? That's crazy town, I think. Now, I don't know this player. Maybe I'm completely wrong about that. Maybe maybe we've seen Fareed do that if we were at the table. But, like,
1: I don't know, man. That feels questionable. To me. It, it does. And even if, even if uh, Vlad values all hands with a heart in them as worse in his distribution no matter what they are if they don't have a full house all of them including Mm -hmm. pairs if you views them all as worse than king seven i still think king seven is probably too low
0: well i mean i we were making the argument on the flop that it was probably i was arguing it was probably good enough to call distribution wise right so like to make it all the way to the river and call this shove it's going to be hard for me to make that argument i think the argument is the other stuff like the eight is kind of the best card in the deck for us to call with if it isn't if we're not going to like hit a king or a seven which by the way shouldn't change anything either way the eight is probably the eight is better actually the eight is the eight is those the nine eight are hard oh all three eights are the best cards in the deck actually for us to call on yep so that may be part of it maybe he's
1: folding most cards and the eight is just one he feels he has to call now that he's got there well that's how farid wins his second wpt amazing the, the second one he ever played he got to go play golf with matt savage oh my gosh i bet it was great it could have been i don't i don't know
0: i don't really like golf Golf is. You get to be outside, do you? What about what about indoor golf? You can choose which one you play, so you don't you don't have to be
1: outside, but you can. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't make you. All right, it's we're gonna be done now. <laughs>